This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Sometimes it doesn't pay to be generous, huh, Jim? This poor son of a gun. (laughs) The kidney guy. Tell us what happened. Never help anybody, okay? Or never... Basically what happened was this girl, she's dating a guy, um... He uh, gets sick. He needs a kidney donor. She takes the test, gets matched, uh, and she goes, okay, you know what? This is something I can I can do to help him out. She goes, gets the surgery, donates her kidney. Three months later, after this guy recovers, her boyfriend, he's feeling better. His church group is about to go to Vegas. Uh-oh. Red flag number. There is no Jesus in Vegas. Is there? Like, there's no God in Vegas. What so is the- your church group doing in Vegas? <laughs> trying Saving to- sinners, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Trying to convert? Whatever it is, red flag came to fruition. He went down there, cheated on her. Oh, cheated boy. on the very woman who gave him a kidney and extended his life. She, out of the goodness of her heart, took him back. She said, people make mistakes. If God can forgive, so can I. Oh, no. And uh, she took him back. And that lasted for about three months, three more months. The guy dumped her uh, and said, if God wants us to be together, we'll find our way back together. So far, haven't got back together. She went on TikTok and, and told her story. So now this has blown up and gone viral because, boy, that's a tough Tough journey to go down over six months, eh? Yeah, I have heard the expression before, Jim. If you love something, set it free. If it was meant to be, it'll come back to you. But I don't think that saying is about your kidney. <laughs> if you keep it in your body, it can never leave. Man, I was really looking forward to jumping on the Canadian soccer bandwagon here, but I don't think I can afford it, Jim. <laughs> There's a game coming up in Hamilton at Tim Hortons Field, a qualifier for the World Cup on, is it Sunday? It's Sunday. It's Sunday, yeah. 3 p.m. This is a big deal. In the like, the, Canada hasn't even qualified for an international soccer tournament. They've never qualified for the World Cup. I think CONCACAF is like another international tournament. The last time they ever qualified for that was 1988. So it's a big deal, especially with the demographics of Canada right now. Soccer is the sport. That's launching up in popularity. Yeah, major trajectory for for soccer, and uh, this is proof of that. Tickets for the game now. Obviously, uh, you got the COVID restrictions going on. It's outdoors at, at Tim Hortons Field, but they still had to scale back the number of people they can have attend. Uh, it's fifty percent capacity. They mm-hmm. initially had sold tickets for full capacity. They had to take some of those back. So it's not easy to get tickets for this thing. What are uh, scalpers, StubHub tickets going for right now? For example, they started like one specific ticket started at $178 in the initial market from the actual website, secondary black market, (laughs) (laughs) $3,253. Uh, yeah, there's another one here, $1,413. There are thousands of dollars, basically. So there's 12,000 tickets essentially out there, half the capacity. You're a soccer fan, though. You're watching history happen. Like, Canada is now... They they are... Like, they could go into this tournament and do very well. Like, this is not... They might make it in. They might make it in. They might do very well in the tournament. 
They probably, yeah, they might. <laughs> you know, <laughs> gosh darn it, they're going to give it an effort. Uh, you know, I don't think it could be a Cinderella. Remember what happened to Iceland eight years ago or whenever that was? That sure. was awesome. Yeah, Canada could have that moment where you don't win, but you make it to the semis or something and it's a big deal. I don't know. I'm not going to say they're going to win. I think but- Jim, Jim's uh, skepticism, he's trying to dr- drive those ticket prices yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what sucked has if they lose and you spend three thousand dollars. So don't oh, buy these man. tickets. Yeah, let us give them to us. We'll go for you. <laughs> oh, that's going to be incredible. Well, just imagine in March when they do the the outdoor NHL game, the Sabers and the Leafs. Can we swap these dates, please? <laughs> what those tickets are going to go for? Oh, yeah, that, that's that'll be insane, actually. But yeah, can we put the Concacaf Soccer World Cup thing in March and maybe the hockey in January? I don't know if they're yeah. tied together, but like. Boy, that's going to be a cold game on Sunday. Absolutely. Like watching Canada play in the cold, just wait till they go to the World Cup and it's warm. (laughs) You know, it's like swimming with bricks tied to you. They're like, yeah, we're used to kicking balls around with snowbanks next to us. The balls were frozen. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine heading a frozen ball. It wouldn't feel good, (laughs) but they're doing it. Sports. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is here. And Dev, let's run down the roster for the men's Olympic hockey team. Who's playing for Canada? It's an interesting collection of guys. It's a much older team that we had four years ago, which I think is by design. Uh, They're looking for a little bit more experience with this team uh, when they play in Beijing. So I'm going to go over some of uh, the players people will be most familiar with. Not everyone is someone uh, people will know. No Uh, current NHLers, right? None of the guys in the NHL are allowed to go play in the Olympics. There is no NHLers, but there is former NHLers and um, some future NHLers. So while it is an older team, there are some young prospects, which are quite interesting. So the biggest name I would say is Eric Stahl. He uh, wasn't playing, hasn't officially retired. He went to the AHL to uh, started to get to start getting in shape for this. I imagine he will be the captain of this team. He's the biggest name, but you've got guys like uh, Jason Demers. You've got uh, guys like, uh, well, uh, let me see if I can find another former NHL. You've got Eric O'Dell. Uh, you've got Jordan Wheel, Daniel Winnick. Uh, these are the types of guys who, you know, had a cup of coffee, David DeHarnay, uh, a cup of coffee. <laughs> I see why you started with Stahl. How many other yeah. than Stahl were any of them ever on a Canadian national team before? It might be, I know it's been... 20 years of teams you could look over, but do any of these names stick out as stars? Well, one of the interesting names as a potential star, I think, for the Olympic team is Josh Hosang. He was a decorated junior player. He never quite, uh, you know, made it in the NHL. He's only 26. He's playing with the Toronto Marlies right now, but has really turned his career around and is one of the guys I think they will need to be a big-time performer if Canada is going to win gold or medal in Beijing, but some of the guys that, if you're looking at the NHL, could be future NHLers. Mason McTavish, who was on the junior team when before the junior tournament got uh, postponed because of COVID. You've got Owen Power, a former number one overall pick by the Buffalo Sabres, who is going over as well. So you've got a couple younger guys who are looking to break into the NHL, who will be stars one day, I think, but you can't call him a star right now. 
Well, you know we're going to be behind these boys, and it's kind of fun to to get to know the the personalities and the characters and their style of play as you watch the the tournament unfold. It looks like it could be fun, and I'm excited to not pretend to like Brad Marchand for two weeks because that is tough every time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dev. Taz and Jim, Game of Palooza, brought to you by Pizza Nova. Say what? Yeah, new game here. Say what? This is fun. This is fun, trust me. I'm going to say it over and over again until <laughs> you believe it. We're having fun. <laughs> Denny is on the line. He's listening to the show in Kitchener, Ontario. Hey, Denny. Hi, how's it going? Good, buddy. So this is how the game works. You know, there's there's certain phrases that people miss here, and they will say, like, for example, coleslaw. Some people will call it cold slaw. Because the slaw is cold, The obviously. slaw is cold. And it works both ways, but one of them is the original saying and the other is not. Okay? So gotcha. we're, we're going to give you two misheard phrases. You guess which is the original, the right way to say it, and which is the, the wrong way that still kind of makes sense. Okay? Yep. Is it last stitch effort or last ditch effort? Last ditch effort. Yes, you are correct. But last stitch makes sense. Like if you had a sweater and it was unraveling, the stitching was coming out, and you're down to one stitch. <laughs> just hanging up. We've all had those Thanksgiving dinners, you know, and your pants are just barely hanging in there. Okay. Yeah, our buttons about to fly across the room. In fact, no, you say it, it makes more sense yeah, than okay. last ditch effort. What about I'm this one? With last ditch. <laughs> you're right. Is it. A bold-faced lie or a bald-faced lie? Hmm. I'm going to say bold-faced lie. You are incorrect. Mm. Oh. It's bald-faced lie. So a guy without a beard lying to you. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. You have nothing to hide behind, maybe? A bald face would would, would mean you lied so thoroughly that there was not a a clue on your face, I think. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I don't understand. I, I, How do you bo- feel as a bald man, Taz? you think it's a pejorative? Well, no, because uh, my face is not bald. <laughs> it's the top of my head, right? Yeah, if it so. was a scalp, bald scalp lie. <laughs> then I'd feel a little worse about the, the, the saying. Okay. Is it coming down the pike or coming down the pipe? Coming down the pipe. No. <laughs> Coming, coming down the pike is the huh. actual phrase. Hmm. But the pipe okay. makes sense. Like, here it comes. That's the way I've always said it, coming down the pipe. Like it, I, uh, I heard it on TV the other day the guy said, tube? coming down the pike, and I didn't know. I was like, is that the thing, or did the writer get it wrong? But I guess the writer got it right. Like what? the fish? I was thinking either a <laughs> spear, or I think a pike is also like a crevice on a mountain, if I'm not. Okay. I could be wrong. Is it wet your appetite, or... Wet your appetite. Wet your appetite or wet your <laughs> appetite. That, like with an H, like cool whip? Yeah, cool whip. Wet your appetite. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the second one. Wet your appetite? Yep. Yep. You got it. <laughs> I, I had to look up what wet means. 
And it is a thing that stimulates appetite or desire. So that, that does make sense. Hmm. But if you wet your appetite, you know, you're just getting a little sure. going, get a little moist, get your appetite a little <laughs> well, moist. Well, you start getting hungry, you see good food, you start drooling. You salivate. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, we'll give you uh, one more here. This is for the win. All, right. All comes down All right. to this. Is it exact revenge or extract revenge? I'm going to go with extract revenge. Are you sure? Yep. Because if you don't win this prize, I don't want you exacting any revenge on me. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll go with exact revenge then. Smart move. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. But revenge is still a dish best served cold slaw, right? This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, do you want to go volunteer to dance at the Super Bowl this year? What's this now? (laughs) They're looking for halftime performers at the Super Bowl. Uh, You got uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem performing, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. It looks like it's going to be... a pretty cool spectacle, but they don't want to pay for backup dancers. Apparently, they posted a um, a uh, a casting call looking for dancers, and they said you're not going to get paid, but you will get to dance at the Super Bowl. And the dance community, people who do this for a living, are like, hold on a second, Super Bowl. I have a feel. I have a feeling makes a bit of money. Per commercial, $2 million. <laughs> yeah, and every 30 seconds. you can't pay your backup dancers? That is weird. Well, I remember The weekend was talking about this. The artist The weekend, who's Canadian, and apparently artists have to... You don't get paid. Like, Eminem and Dr. Dre are not getting paid to perform at the Super Bowl. They themselves are paying the NFL to perform at the Super Bowl, just like The weekend's record label paid for him to perform at the Super Bowl. Right. They, so, they produce it. Dr. Dre... I, I was reading something about if the Super Bowl got canceled because of COVID, Dr. Dre was going to lose like two or three million dollars. Yeah, of his own money. The bag. There'd be no. It would be all on him. So I guess it's Dr. Dre not paying the backup dancers because it's his budget. I would assume. But if you don't want to dance, don't dance. You don't. Have, nobody's forcing you to dance at the Super Bowl. And if you want to dance for free, you could dance for free. I would love if no professional dancers uh, volunteered, and it, they had to just get regular people. <laughs> <laughs> Be a lot of like bad robots. <laughs> <laughs> you and I up there kicking our legs around. Yeah, sure. Threading the needle. You know, getting her done. Move over, left shark. <laughs> There's an yeah, even worse guy. dancer. Yeah, Left Shark was not getting paid to be there either no, when Katy Perry was <laughs> doing the halftime show. And you know what? Not He didn't perform. You know, he wasn't a trained dancer. Did He was the star of the show. So exactly. maybe you don't need the trained uh, choreographed dancers. No. It's just pick them randomly from the crowd. <laughs> sure. Tired today because I stayed up watching Ozark. With my wife. Mm-hmm. And that show stresses me out. Are you up to date or are you catching up? I'm on, uh, we watched the first couple episodes of season four. The new season. Oh, okay. I, I'm not sure where the, where the show's at, yeah. Uh, have you been watching the show? I watched like the first half of the first season and it was good, but for some reason I stepped away from it for a sec and then six months went by and I forget everything that happened. Too stressful. 
<laughs> I know what you mean, though, because it did have that, like, every episode, it's like a Breaking Bad situation where there's, like, all this anxiety building up over somebody's going to get busted. Or killed. Yeah. Or you're going to have to kill someone. Especially when the guy, like, the main guy is, like, an everyman dude, and you can kind of put yourself in their shoes. Because Bacon. you're like, I could yeah. easily, one bad week, I could start selling drugs out of necessity. You never know. <laughs> but my wife and I keep looking at each other. We're like, we would not handle the situation that the Bird family is in <laughs> as well as they are handling it. <laughs> they, they, they're able to keep it together. Hmm. There's some pretty ridiculous trials and tribulations hmm. if you haven't seen the show. But they, you got into it enough that you were up late watching it. Oh, yeah. Well, they hook you at the end of every episode. That, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's the formula. You know, something's going to happen at the end of the episode that is going to make you say, well, I'll just watch the first five minutes of the next one to see what happens. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, yeah. another one and another one. It's funny because it's like a... It's like a shot clock. Once the episode ends, it's like five, four, and you're like, make a decision. (laughs) Play next episode in the corner. The next one's about to start. Should we? What time is it? I don't know. What time you got to get up tomorrow? (laughs) Uh, What time do you think? Do the math. Early. The Bank of Canada was teasing an announcement. Some people were like, "Uh uh-oh, is this going to be good? Is this going to be bad? Well, I I don't know. It sounds like it's pretty good. The interest rates are staying low for now. Um, Is there a negative side to that? We thought we'd get our friend Malcolm, the mortgage guy, on the line to talk about this. Hey, Malcolm. Good morning, Taz. How are you? Good. Jim's here, too. Yo. Thanks, Jim. Uh, so is this a, is this all around a good thing, the fact that interest rates are staying low right now? Well, I think it's, uh, it's a temporary thing, and it's a good thing for people right now. But I think uh, what we learned yesterday is that uh, the Bank of Canada is still very much on track. Uh, to increase rates uh, over the remainder of this year. So I think what it really was was about a month and a bit reprieve uh, from our first uh, increases to to the Bank of Canada's uh, prime lending rate. When would you estimate, if, if you do that sort of thing, that rates would go up? So uh, I don't generally uh, look into my crystal ball, but uh, it's been working well for me for the last few days. I didn't think they were going to raise yesterday. Uh, I suspect that we're going to see our first increase at their next meeting on March 2nd. They have pretty much telegraphed that for us. It's almost exactly two years uh, since they dropped the rate to uh, to where they are today. So uh, I, I fully expect that we're going to see an increase on March 2nd and then a series of increases throughout the year. I know nothing about the economy. What would it mean if the interest rates doubled or tripled or went up significantly? Because, I mean... it. It can't last like this forever, and there also has to be some negatives to keeping yeah. it low, artificially Real low, right? Real estate prices are crazy right now. you got to think there's a lot of people who are stretched to their limit. There are definitely people that are stretched to their limit. We are one of the most indebted countries uh, in the developed world. Um, and, and, you know, and I said this last night on the radio show uh, with Brian West, but uh, I don't mean to be the doom and gloom guy, but these, uh, these interest rate increases are real uh, and they will have a, a meaningful impact on individual household finances. Uh, if we see an increase in rates 
And what it means is every uh, variable rate uh, borrowing product that people have, including credit cards, including car loans, including uh, home equity lines of credit, as well as variable rate mortgages, all of those rates will go up simultaneously and people will be impacted very, very directly in terms of how much they're paying in interest charges on a monthly basis. So is now a time to start thinking if you do have one of those variable mortgages, thinking about locking in if it's a possibility? So thinking about locking in is certainly worthwhile thinking about. Um, You know, I always suggest to people that they need to make the best decisions for their own personal financial situation. Uh, you know, the, the experts, the talking heads, the, uh, you know, the pure mathematical uh, decisions uh, would be that historically you've been better off in uh, variable rate mortgages, um, but people need to be able to live their lives. And if all of a sudden you're paying an extra $500 a month in interest charges, I don't know about you guys, but that's a real amount of money to me. And, I'd notice uh, it. Uh, you would, right? I would notice it. Everybody, I think, would notice 500 bucks a month. It's real well, I, money. I tell you what, I'm on a variable rate on my mortgage, and it's uh, it's pretty different than when I signed up four years ago, which I have to yep. now you know, figure out what I'm going to do. Is, is it lower or higher it's now, high, I'm paying more. I think I was originally paying around 1600 and now it's closer to 1800 a month. So, yeah, really? i got to get on that. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think, like I said, I mean, from a purely financial perspective. I tell people all the time, the only people that make perfect decisions are the banks. Everybody else is clouded by, you know, life and what you want to do in life. And if you want to go out for dinner or take a vacation or go to a concert or any of those things that we love to do or loved to do, um, you know, those are all, all decisions that we need to factor into how we live our lives. And like I say, I just think it's, it's sort of a heads up time that this is coming. It's real. There's no doubt uh, that, you know, when prime rate increases, that affects your credit cards, it affects your mortgages, it affects everything that you're doing from a borrowing perspective. So it's just, you know, we've got a month to sort of sort through this and and understand the math and how it's going to impact us and then really make the best decisions for us. And uh, And we know that house prices, like if you're thinking about buying right now, you got to have this information uh, because people are putting in offers going hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking prices in Hamilton, in London, in rural communities in between. And you got to know what you're going to be paying for for the next five, 10, 15, 25 years, and the interest rates that we're seeing right now, they're not going to be around forever. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think we'll get back to where we were uh, kind of pre-pandemic pretty quickly. And then beyond that, I really, you know, there's so many uh, variables and question marks out there. You know, that's when you start getting into, uh, you know, more macroeconomics. And I am certainly not an economist. Uh, I am a mortgage guy. I'm really good at, uh, you know, taking uh, you know, individual people's situations and helping them through to understand the math and understand 
uh, the upsides and downsides of different decisions that you could make in regards to your mortgages and your other debt. And, uh, you know, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave the, the crystal balling to the uh, so-called experts. Uh, but what I do know without a doubt is that, uh, is that bankers make money when, uh, when their banks make more money. And one of the easiest way to do that is to increase interest rates. Well, if you so, want to crunch uh, some numbers with Malcolm, you you will take text messages, calls from whoever, 905-517-4228 is your phone number. Or people can go to malcolmthemortgageguy.ca to uh, get in touch with you, right? 100%. All right, Malcolm, thanks for joining us. If uh, if another announcement from the Bank of Canada is coming down, we may call you too, okay? I appreciate it, Taz. Thanks very much. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for reaching out. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.